On this episode of the Naturist Living Show, a pro athlete tries nude volleyball. This episode of the Naturist Living Show is brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. At Bear Oaks, we offer traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Free your body, free your mind. www.bearoaks.ca Welcome, dear listeners, to episode number 56 of the Naturist Living Show. It's June here at Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park, where I'm recording because it's hot and sunny and beautiful. And uh, while I always try to respect you, listener, by recording nude, um, I prefer to do it, of course, at Bear Oaks when I can, not just in my basement, which I have to do in the winter. So right now we are in full naturist... uh, environment, or shall we say ideal naturist environment, because of course you can be a naturist in any weather and in any condition and even dressed. It's a, it's a mindset, but we are in an ideal naturist situation today. And I want to say a thank you and a shout out or a greeting to Arnold in the Netherlands, who sent me an email. Um, as I've said before, I get a lot of greetings from everybody, and I really appreciate it. Um, and and but it's really neat to hear from people in the faraway places that are listening New Zealand and uh, Australia and uh, the UK and the Netherlands in this case and uh, it's it's very cool because you know with technology with the internet uh, it it's so easy now to reach the entire world with a small a uh, very narrow focus podcast like this that has well narrow focus but still with as you know 50 60 70,000 listeners a month but in in terms of the population of the world that's not very much but at any rate arnold uh sent me an email to uh, point me towards an article uh that was very interesting you may remember uh almost a year ago on episode number 45 i interviewed sydney ross singer of uh the author of the book Dress to Kill, and he makes the argument that uh, bras are bad for your health and uh, don't help. And there is now a study, which Arnold sent to me, that has been done by a uh, a French doctor who seems to support that conclusion. Um, and it's uh, he'll be the first one to say that it's just the beginning of uh, research. But he has been doing it since 1997, so it's a long-term one where he's been working with 320 women and following them a year after year. They've been not wearing uh, bras and four times a year for the first year. And then after that, once per year, he's been taking some basic measurements of the height and shape and elasticity of the breast and that kind of thing. And he, well, he again, he's the first one to admit that these are preliminary results, and he's hoping somebody will do a much larger scale study. It appears that bras actually have the inverse effect, uh, certainly do not provide any benef- beneficial effect in terms of preventing sagging or in terms of uh, uh, preventing injury or that kind of thing. In fact, it may do the opposite in terms of weakening um, the supportive tissues and uh, ligaments that are there. So an an interesting study. Um, Again, it's a correlation. It's not a clear conclusion. He's very clear about that. Uh, he got a lot of press. You may have seen it in the in the media. It was, it was a, the English press picked it up, and there was actually an article written about how much press he's received, because of course this is a very uh, titillating topic that would just get everybody's uh, 
interest in terms of the media. It's, sometimes it's so easy to get media articles, isn't it? As I said in the introduction, it's uh, June of 2013, and uh, we are just in at the beginning of our volleyball tournament as we're recording this. We're just uh, getting the final things organized for our July 1st long weekend tournament, one of two big volleyball tournaments we host that are growing every year. And uh, I, I'm really a big fan of volleyball uh, because it, it's just, first of all, it's a traditional naturist sports. It's been in, in the naturist world since uh, the beginning of naturism. Uh, the, uh, the game was invented at the very end of the 19th century, and as, as 10, 15 years later, there's evidence that it was being played in naturist uh, clubs already. Um, I, th- I think it's because it's a very inclusive game. It doesn't require a lot of equipment, and it's perfect for playing nude, of course. And so, of course, everybody who listens to this show knows that I'm a big fan of history and traditions that way, not always doing everything the same way, but remembering where we came from and remembering the source of our philosophy and how we've evolved. So I like the sport from that angle. I also like it because uh, I like to promote activities. People just, you know, it's a bad... Uh, stereotype now that's out there that naturists were all sitting around lazy, fat, drinking beer and smoking and whatever it is. And that's not true. It is about health and it is about uh, being healthy. And as we talked about in uh, earlier shows, if you want to attract young people, you have to have activities and things for them to do. And young people like to be playing sports and be active and tournaments like this are a lot of fun. We have we, we have volleyball every weekend because we have a permanent court, but this is the big tournament, and this year we have bigger prizes. We're actually offering a $500 cash prize in both tournaments for the very top team. Very top team, of course, would have to be playing at the A level. So with that in mind, I was looking through uh, uh, some nude volleyball stuff and materials online and looking for some more information, and I ran across a piece from uh, ESPN that ran three, four years ago or something. Um, and basically they got a group of people uh, to go and play in the uh, White Thorn Nude Volleyball Tournament, which is known as a Super Bowl of Volleyball Tournament. It's been going on for a few decades now. And it is, it's huge. I mean, we're talking about thousands of people, I think. Uh, I've actually never been there. But as you heard in one of the earliest podcasts we did, the fourth one, which was also on volleyball, um, Peter Allison, who helps organize the volleyball tournaments here at Bear Oaks, has been going regularly for a long time, and uh, he says it's fantastic. It's the second weekend in September, or the weekend right after. I don't know if it's the second weekend. It's the weekend right after Labor Day, anyway. So um, in this ESPN piece, there is a player, uh, a pro player, pro volleyball player, who was brought in. I think they're all pros or very good players that were put together for this team, and none of them naturists, uh, all of them doing this for the first time. And uh, they were brought together um, by ESPN to do this special piece, this, speech, this feature for the, what they call the body issue. And one of them, uh, Michelle Router, um, is also a Canadian. Um, so I decided to see if I could track her down, and I found her. She's currently living in Honduras right now. And I found her there, and uh, we had the following little chat. I am originally from North Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Um, I got started volleyball at a very young age. My mom started coaching me when I was in about fifth grade. Um, Played in high school, played many other sports. 
um, kind of fell in love with volleyball and, and chose that for my path to go to attend the University of Wyoming, where I had a full ride scholarship. Um, and then after there, I was lucky enough to head over to Europe and play in a few different countries professionally, uh, indoor volleyball. And it was, it was a pretty amazing experience. So you were actually uh, considered a professional volleyball player. And while you were doing that, um, you ended up playing in the Super Bowl of volleyball at Whitethorn. How did that happen? Um, actually, ESPN had contacted my agency. Yes, we have agents. <laughs> um, and the agency had sent out an email to a few females that they thought may be interested. And, um, I was in California at the time I got the email. I responded. I was like, yes, <laughs> because, uh, going to a nudist resort and obviously being in ESPN magazine are two things on my checklist and, uh, to knock two things out in one trip was perfect. Well, I, I don't know if going to play volleyball nude is on everybody's checklist. Why, why was it on yours? <laughs> I guess playing volleyball nude was not on the checklist, but going to nudist resort <laughs> and then obviously the magazine is, is a little separate. But um, when, I, when I heard about the opportunity, that made me think like, what's it going to be like to play naked? And I had, you know, a solid two or three months to think about that before we actually took the trip. Um, and I don't think anything you conjure up in your own mind can prepare you for what you experience when you get there. Yes. Well, that's fair enough. If that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I, I no, And I know that from, you know, running bare Oaks, I, I talk to people, um, all the time and you know it's like you're talking them through some very big thing like you know jumping yes. out of an airplane and they almost always say afterwards it's not what i expected and i it's you know at first mm -hmm. i used to say well we talk about it for six hours how and i told you what it was going to be like but in your head until you experience it it's hard to know i think completely definitely so your agent even brought this to you which Surprised me a little bit because uh, did they think this is something you would do? Yeah, exactly. They um, at that at the firm they have a they probably have maybe anywhere from sixty to a hundred different female athletes signed on with them, and then they also have males. So they have a lot, lot of athletes that are that are at their exposure, and. Um, they know them well, you know, they get to know them, they get to know their personalities so that they can place them in a proper country or a proper club over there. That's going to make them happy, you know? And, uh, they, I was, I think one of six girls, maybe six or seven girls that they sent the email out to just knowing that, um, we are possibly more free spirited if you want to call it that. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, they're thinking on that, their strategy. And did all six say yes? Um, I have no idea who responded, but I do know that myself and Carol Hamilton were lucky enough to snatch the opportunity. Good. So was there, yeah. uh, did ESPN prepare you or was it all up to you to get ready for this? I mean, um, 
like physically or mentally ready? <laughs> uh, probably more um, mentally, I would guess. Right. You were already a good volleyball player. <laughs> they, um, they didn't prep us extremely well. Um, they took care of everything, you know, like we didn't have to worry about, you know, the flights. We didn't have to worry about like accommodation or anything like that. So it was, um, that was all taken care of. Thank you, SPN, um, magazine. Um, but they never told us that we were actually playing with the men, like in the men's league on a men's team. They had mentioned in their email, it was going to be, they were one of women. So we're assuming, okay, six women playing against women. Um, and, and not until we actually arrived that we found out that we're playing with men in the men's division on men's height net. (laughs) And was that a little disturbing? No, it was just a little, it was shocking. Um, but it turned out to be really fun, you know, cause it's fun to play with the guys sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a completely different volleyball game. It's very powerful. It's very quick. Um, so it's a challenge, you know? So did you find a volleyball challenging? Um, I mean, I found it as a new challenge because you are put into a, a, a jungle. <laughs> I mean, you're put into a new environment, you know. Um, but uh, it, it wasn't extremely challenging. The volleyball, was it was great caliber there, I think, um, especially the men. They have some great teams come, to, come out for that. Um, but, yeah, it was, definitely, it was definitely a new challenge for me. So tell me, tell me what the overall experience was like from the time you arrived there. When you arrive, I mean, you have little butterflies in your stomach. You don't know what to expect. Um, you have a million questions, a million things going on in your mind. You get there, you know, within the first couple hours, but definitely the first day, you've completely eased up. You've... Um, got many of your questions answered <laughs> because nudists are very helpful. You know, They're, they want to, they, they can tell you're new. <laughs> they smell it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They can smell the fear possibly, or just, you know, sense the hesitation. So, um, I definitely learned a lot in the first day, but by, you know, I think it was, I think we were there for four days. I think by day three or four, it was just like, I don't want to leave. <laughs> like I don't really don't want to leave. I could, I could live like this. Well, in fact, uh, you went back. Uh, you 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 went back on your own dime, didn't you? I have. I've returned twice now. The past two years, I missed the the one year um, following ESPN. Um, but the last two years, I've played with the women, um, with a Canadian team, and uh, we have won actually both. Wow! Congratulations. Championships. Thank you. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty fun. And uh, are you going back this year as well? Right now, it's unknown. I mean, if it if it happens, it'll definitely be a last minute trip because um, I will still be currently in Honduras at that time or Central America at least. So, um, but I would love to make it back, and I would love to to play with my same girls, and I would love to win again. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, you're not playing volleyball professionally anymore, is it? not a sport that's easy to succeed in professionally? I think it is. I think anything that we want to do, we can succeed in, you know, successfully, however we term success. But um, I think 
it's uh volleyball is one of those sports that it's it's more of a love for the game because maybe it isn't always about the money where some sports have been lost in the money you know mm-hmm. the purity of it at least and and the heart behind it um so that's what you know especially looking at beach volleyball um that is you know that's that's a tough one that's a tough one to break into um but it's a, a very strong love for that game you are you still playing even at the amateur level competitively or i am actually playing here on the island i am uh in honduras um it's called roatan and we have a women's league here and uh i am coaching them and i'm playing with them and it's on hardcore it's outdoor we don't have any gymnasiums everything's outdoor here it's lovely um And then I'm also playing beach, but just for fun with the guys. We have uh, some of the local guys play here. We play two on two, and then we end up playing four on four when you know some other more people show up. And it's it's they're very good though. They're very good. They're very talented. But you're playing dressed, of course. Yes, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Is there a difference between playing nude and playing dressed? Yes. Um, And not not the openness of it, but I think for women, you know, when when you don't have a bra or some kind of support, that's probably the only thing I really notice, you know. Okay. Um, but playing on the beach naked, I mean, the hard court's the hard court. It's kind of weird. It's awkward. You're wearing shoes. You know, you're not completely naked. Um, but. I actually competed two years ago um, on the sand court at uh, White Thorn Lodge with, uh, and they play four on four. And this is before the big tournament on Saturday starts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I played with um, a couple of guys, and we, we ended up winning. And that sand there is just, just gorgeously white, so smooth, and you're naked. And I was like, oh, this is the way to play beach volleyball, <laughs> you know, like a bathing suit. I could definitely play beach volleyball naked, but hardcore, I I could have a little couple, you know, some spandex and a bra on or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just feel a little better. <laughs> well, we uh, we have a tournament at Bear Oaks, and we run. We have a permanent sand court that we will play on. Um, but we uh, during a tournament, we need four courts, so we do four, uh, three grass courts, and that's I guess a little between. It's a little harder than sand, uh, but people who play really well, I've always said. Um, they would like to have hard courts, but I'm always thinking, wow, that seems a little nasty naked. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it holds you back. That's for sure. And sometimes people dive <laughs> and then some people screech <laughs> and everyone's like, ah, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it, it holds you back a little bit, unfortunately. So, so why do you think, why do people who are, who play well prefer hard courts or is it not all good players who do? I don't think so. I think, um, It depends on on the skill of the of the player. Some people are just thrive better on the sand, you know. Some people are better on hard court. Um, maybe it comes down to the training that they're used to, you know. I mean, if you're on the sand, you need to train in the sand until you actually can move in the sand. You know, it might take you weeks. Hmm. Um, it might take you months to really get the timing of beach volleyball and an, and an attack. Mm-hmm. And the technique. So why did you end up 
you you were doing mostly beach volleyball, right? I was doing mostly indoor volleyball for a majority of my career. Oh. I did a little bit of beach volleyball. I uh, lived in Southern California with my partner from Canada, and uh, we trained double days, triple days. We trained pretty hard and um, competed at our Canadian nationals. Um, and then after that season, we we parted, and I went back to indoor because I still was in love. <laughs> so why did you lean towards that versus sand? Was it just what was available? Um, I just had never really um, gotten into beach very much. Um, sadly enough, we, it wasn't huge, I guess, in the, you know, in the nineties when I was in high school, um, in Vancouver in North Van. Um, so I never really got introduced to it until I was in my mid twenties. And then, you know, it was, it was a new challenge that I don't think I was ready for, and I wasn't willing to give up indoor yet. So now I prefer playing on the beach myself. I would rather play two-on-two, you know, now that I'm accustomed to it. Right, right. And it, typically beach volleyball is two-on-two. Even in, in, in the mm -hmm. naturist world, it tends to be more six-on-six -on, -six on sand, which is, that's a typical hardcore configuration, isn't it? Right. And, and what's, why is it that you play two-on-two -on, -two on sand? Is it because you can move faster? The court size, is it the same? The court size is smaller, so an indoor court or hard court is uh, nine meters by nine meters each side. Uh, a beach one is eight meters by eight meters. So it's you don't think it's a lot smaller, but when you're two people, it it makes a huge difference. <laughs> True, but you're just you're losing uh, you know uh, one meter by one meter in each direction, but you're going from six to two. That's that's gotta you gotta cover a lot more ground. You do, but that's why it's uh, that's why the technique and the, and the strategy behind beach volleyball is completely different than indoor. I mean, they really are separate games. Um, you know, when you're in beach volleyball, you're two, but you're keeping everything small. You you're you're keeping the game in a, a small square, you know, inside the court. Uh, that's why you pass it just in front of you and that person comes and sets it just in front of you. So you don't like, you know, you don't have that room to play with because you're trying to consume your energy. Um, indoor, you know, you catch the ball less. You you have a smaller area to cover. Um, but there's there's more options attack wise and defensive wise. Um, they're just they're totally different when you're looking at both ends of, of the game. Now, volleyball is widely credited to have been invented by uh, William Morgan in 1895. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you know this, but naturists and nudist clubs, there's records of them playing in the early 1920s. So they were really early adopters. Right? In fact, I think it's like a, a cliche, right? Uh, if you've watched MASH, you know, uh, they, uh, Hawkeye was into his nudist volleyball magazines. But why do you think it's become such a, a popular game within the naturist or nudist community i actually did not know that fact thank you for that <laughs> <laughs> now i know <laughs> um maybe that's maybe that's the reason why because i've asked myself the same question and i've never had an answer for it <laughs> <laughs> um but it does seem to be pretty popular um no matter where you go in the u.s or even canada uh At the club that I was a member at, Glen Eden in California, um, tennis was the the big thing there. 
they had lots of tennis courts, mm-hmm. but um, we did have a volleyball court with um, nice hard court. It was caged in, and um, you know they play every weekend and all that stuff. But I, I honestly can't answer that question for you. Yeah, I know at Bear Oaks, I, I know that what I like about it and a lot of people like is it's a very inclusive game because you can uh, you can put 12 people on the court in not, in not a very big space. And even if you've never played, you can kind of, and you're not particularly athletic, you can play. Like You're not going to, you know, be killing anybody, but you can play. And so maybe, you know, that's one of the appeals to it. I don't know. Right. Maybe that, yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. It's It's a fun sport, I think. Um, you know, it's social. Yes. It's good. Yeah, yeah. And unlike some other sports, you don't need any clothing. You don't need any protective equipment. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need anything but your hands. Yeah. You, I wouldn't and want to play football feet. naked, for example. Yeah. Yeah. A little <laughs> yeah. foot action. But there is an issue. I, I don't know if you've noticed that the, uh, the average age of, of volleyball players is going up and there's fewer of them because as people get older, they have, at least in naturism anyway, uh, as people get older, they can't play as well or they can't play at all if they, you know, damage their knees. Is there anything do you think that we can do to attract more young people to play? Now, are, are you talking about to play or to even just come out? Well, it's, it's interesting. I find it's a dying, dying in both ways. Well, the, the, the young people coming to Bear Oaks is not an issue at all. We at, we are attracting okay. lots of young people, and, and there are clubs and resorts that do. Um, it's uh, in my opinion, it's just a marketing thing. I did a whole podcast right. on that. I I think okay. a lot of clubs just don't market it to young people because the ones that come to Bear Oaks are really into it. Um, but we're not getting the volleyball players, and uh, that's and you know within this. I've got to imagine that attracting young people to come play volleyball in the 1960s, who were, you know, maybe a good volleyball player, was more challenging than it is today. Because today, you know, our whole civilization has become much more open towards nudity and that kind of thing. So, how do how do you attract people like you who who are not necessarily naturists or nudists yet, but are really into volleyball? I would say hosting tournaments is a good one. And if you, if you can put together a cash purse, you know, um, then you're going to get volleyball players because they want to make money and you have many volleyball players in your, you're in the Toronto area, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, you have very, you have a lot of volleyball players in Ontario, um, and, and pretty good ones too. So I would, I would, definitely sell it as tournaments here, win some money, you know, 500 bucks for the winner or this or that, no matter what the, you know, if it's men, women, co-ed, if it's mixed, if it's grass, like, you know, whatever it is, they, they love that stuff over there, especially during the summertime. Well, I'm glad you said it because we'll, we'll see if it works, but this weekend, uh, July 1st weekend, um, is our first tournament where we have a cash prize. We have a $500 prize for the top team. Boom. <laughs> we're doing a uh, five, another $500 cash prize for the second tournament we're doing in August, third weekend in August. So that was the w- – w- I'll see if it works because somebody else had suggested that as well. And I thought, well, you know, if it gets some really good players in, that I think mm-hmm. will attract the more novice players, right? Because if you're into it or just getting into it, it's always cool to watch the really good player. It kind of elevates yeah. everybody, right? Right, and they learn from it. You know, everyone learns from it. It grows – so um, 
Are you going to continue to play naturist or nudist volleyball? Um, of course. I mean, I, I think I'm a lifer um, <laughs> in the naturism world. But unfortunately, where I'm living right now, um, nudity isn't really – I guess they're not really open to it. I'm living in uh, in Honduras, and they're a little more conservative here on the island. Um but uh, I can always go for a nice little flight to Whitethorn or to your club or, you know, wherever to play. Um, I, I just, majority of my world is not focused on volleyball anymore, at least playing. Right. Um, I'm really into coaching now. Um, so I will continue to excuse my, excuse the truck driving by my house. <laughs> it's possibly loud. Um so yes, coaching is where I am focused now and, you know, coaching on the court, off the court, you know, in life, um, and just growing a little community and a family here. Now you're not, it's not just a volleyball. You actually appreciate naturism or nudism for what it is, right? Of course. Like you mentioned, the reason why you call it naturism instead of nudism, you know, because it's more than just being naked so much more now why do you think you took to that you know so relatively easily compared to others who wouldn't have even considered going to a nature's club never mind you know playing naked for uh, a national publication I think I am as some people that know me <laughs> call me a free spirit, if you will, um, open-minded, um, clear, you know, a light it's, it's, um, you know, it's a mentality. It's a, it's in your mind, you know, if you want to reject it or if you want to accept it. Um, and most people are just shut off to that. And, um, I think I've traveled so much that it's allowed me to open my mind to new things and new experiences and um, that possibly, you know, living in Europe possibly definitely took me there, started me there. Well, and, and I'm sure everybody listening to the podcast would agree that people who embrace naturism are obviously highly intelligent. Um, <laughs> yes. But do you think also your upbringing had something to do with it too? No, <laughs> no, just no. Um, the way I was raised was very, um, very German, very, I'm, I'm Austrian, my background, but it's very German. And, uh, yeah, we weren't, you know, running around naked all the time. So I, um, I definitely wasn't in that world and, you know, growing up in Canada, going to high school, it's not like America where, you know, in gym class, you go and you shower or whatever, or you shower after your sports game at the school. You know, in Canada, you go straight home <laughs> and shower at home. So you, you're not really exposed to that um, nudity. The first time I was, was when I went to University of Wyoming and uh, started playing volleyball there. And of course, we're in the locker room after practice, you know, take your, you have to take take all your clothes off. It gets washed. They wash it for you. You get to jump in the shower, you rinse off, you put your other clothes on, you know, you go rehab, you go eat, you go do whatever you do. Um, 
and you're showering with these girls two, three times a day, you know, four years in a row, it's, um, it just opens you up, you know, you get comfortable with yourself. Are, are you saying that Wyoming is actually more open to uh, nudity than British Columbia? Um, no, I'm not <laughs> saying that. Um, but just going to the university and being a volleyball, you know, being an athlete there, you know, athletes are showering with other athletes. Um, so it's more nude, something that would happen in any kind of athletic sort of situation. Any situation. athletics. Yeah, exactly. And in the athlete world, it's, it becomes common, you know, I, I would guess also that being an athlete, you, you learn to look at your body differently. Yes. I mean, some look at it as a machine, you know, um, I've heard that many times from athletes. Um, some damage it, some don't, but, um, I don't think it made me look at it bad as if like, say if I was a model and then you are hating your body. Um, I think it might do the opposite. It, it makes you love your body because you're in great shape. You know, you look great. So you kind of. Love that. So do you think being an athlete, if you uh, combine that with naturism, would help you be an athlete? Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, it, traditionally, uh, it, very traditionally going back to the Greeks, then, then athleticism was nude. Do you think that would uh, the sport or sport in general would be different if it was nude? It would be extremely different. Um, I think it would be better, possibly. Um, but I think if sport was nude, I feel like all world would ha would be nude, you know? Um, nudity is, at the same time, you're talking about looking at these athletes' bodies and it could do the same thing as, uh, well, as we're doing now is, you know, we, we embrace these athletes, we look at them and we're like, Oh, I want that body. I want that body. I want that body. I can't have that body. Um, but I think if maybe possibly they were nude, it would be a little, little bit better because then you see the imperfections because we know that no one's perfect. But, you know, when we're covered up, we don't know that. Yeah, you know, I, I, I look at athletes uh, that do whatever they do with it, in amazement uh, in terms of the, the height that they've reached in, of, of fine-tuning their, 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 how they, everything works. I know I could never be there. I, I, don't, I don't think I want to be, you know, lifting weights that I can see or run as fast as I can see or do any of that because, one, I'm too, too old anyway, but... You know, I'm not necessarily built, and it's not what I chose there. So I don't envy it. I just, to me, it's like you know, if you go to the museum, uh, you see the you know beautiful statues and beautiful art, or you see, you know, go to the landscapes and you see beautiful mountains. It's just right. it's part of wow. Um, I, maybe you know, if you were a naturist, uh, if everybody was a naturist, they would be able to look at that and not envy and just recognize the differences. I don't know and appreciate it. For what it is, yeah, you are right. It is art. It's beautiful.
So if you're interested in the volleyball tournaments at Bear Oaks, you're certainly welcome to join us. It is the uh, the July 1st long weekend, which is Canada Day and often incorporates July 4th, depending on how things fall, which is the American uh, Independence Day. Um, and the second volleyball tournament is the Lee Baxendall Volleyball Tournament, uh, named obviously in memory of Lee Baxendall, the founder of the Nature Society. Uh, that is the third weekend in August. And if you're interested in going to Whitethorn, um, that is the, the weekend after Labor Day. Uh, Whitethorn is in Pennsylvania. Um, and that's a fantastic experience as well. So there will be links to all of these things in the show notes as usual. And uh, that will be all for today's show. Uh, again, thank you as always for listening. My name is Stéphane Deschaines. I'm your host for this podcast and I'm the owner of Baroque's Family Naturist Park. And please keep sending your comments and suggestions. I always appreciate getting them. The show's email address is naturistliving at bareoaks.ca. That's B-A-R-E, of course, bareoaks.ca, uh, because we're in Canada. And that's also the uh, where the show notes can be found, which is also at naturistliving, one word, dot bareoaks.ca. Join us again in about a month for the next episode of The Naturist Living Show. This episode of The Naturist Living Show was brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. Traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Traditional values means that naturism is more than just taking your clothes off. It is a life philosophy with physical, psychological, environmental, social and moral benefits. Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park strives to promote those naturist values in a modern setting that provides the amenities and services that our members and visitors expect. Free your body, free your mind. Learn more at www.bearoaks.ca. Thank you.